You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. The Father's Love is the title of this devotion. And Jesus gives a famous parable or story about a father and his two sons. And the younger son comes to his father and say, Father, give me the inheritance that's due me. So the father took one third of his inheritance and gave it to the younger one and two thirds to the older one. That was the custom in those days. And after a little while, the younger took the inheritance that was his and went his way. Jesus is telling the story. And while he was away, he got involved in prodigal living, not being under his father's restraining graces and gifts. And he wasted all that he had in prodigal living, the scripture says. And then when he began to be in want, he ran out of money, so to speak, Jesus said there came a famine and he ended up getting a job feeding the hogs, the pigs, and longed to eat some of the food for the pigs, but they wouldn't share any with him. And then it says here, when he, verse 17 of Luke 15, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. So Jesus gives a description of how, when we go the wrong direction in life, how we can really get ourselves into a, into a pickle, as they call it, into a difficult situation. And he came to himself. And I think that is one of the great mercies of God that we can come to a point where we can realize what have I done? What have I done? It's actually a real good place to have been in life. I I wouldn't want us to have to go there every day in in that, that kind of a situation. But You know, I remember being in the Lord's Hospital. That's the name of that hospital. It's called the Lord's Hospital in Binghamton, New York, in in upstate New York in the United States with my second vertebrae broken in two places. And I was in the hospital and I came to myself. In that, Jesus had just appeared to me in a vision, in a dream, and asked me the simple question, Robert, what have you done for me in your life? And I couldn't answer him. Then I woke up and my father came into the hospital room. This was four days after the accident when I had had on a head-on collision at over 100 miles an hour. And my father said to me, don't you think it's the grace of God that you're not dead? And when he said that, it helped me come to myself. It's amazing what we listen to, how that can affect us for good or not. 
But it affected me for good because after the vision with Jesus, I just came to myself and I began to weep in contrition, in repentance and remorse, in lamenting the way I had become. And my father said, let's pray and go home. And he laid his hands upon me and said, thank you, Jesus, that you're always with us and that by your stripes, Robert is healed. And I was healed on the spot. And Jesus came into my heart, which was the bigger healing. And I became, became a newborn person. I became spiritually alive in, inwardly with his life that makes me want to live for God and live to do His will instead of my own and live to please Him instead of myself. And my life was transformed. I didn't just have a revelation, I had a transformation. And I have never gone back again, ever. I've never gone back. And I'm not saying I was instantly made perfect, but one thing was made perfect and that is Jesus to me. And I have kept being transformed into his likeness, just like I still am today, being transformed in his likeness. That was in September 1978. That's a long time ago. And here it, Jesus is telling this parable about these two brothers. And he said, when he came to himself, I will return. I will return. He says, I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. You see, I have sinned. When we sin, we don't just do that to the individual, but we do it to God. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose. See, some people, they think it, but don't do it. But he arose and did it and came to his father. Listen now. I'm talking about the Father's love. When he was still a great way off, Jesus said, his Father saw him. You see, the Father sees it when your heart is turning to him. He does. And he had compassion <clears throat> and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You see, Jesus here is showing you the Father's love, how he longs for you to come to Him, how He keeps drawing you, how He keeps sending signals, how He keeps finding some way to connect with you when your heart is hard. You see, God demonstrating His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I don't know if anyone has ever given such a strong signal, come home, you sinners. Return to me, you wicked and unrighteous and you rebellious in the way, and I will have mercy upon you, and I will cleanse and wash you and make you new if you come. If you come, you see God send a signal by sending His Son into the world. Jesus said in John chapter 3, oh, and we know this verse, of course, verse 16 and 17, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Oh my goodness, what signal, what signal. And nobody can deny, even today, so long after Jesus came, that what He did then is alive and available to you and me today. The Father's love is reaching out 
and it's drawing and it's pulling and it's yearning. The Apostle Paul, <clears throat> he was a man who was just opposite, opposed. He was anti. He was so opposed to Jesus. He was so opposed to Christianity. He was so opposed to Christians and he was opposed to it. It irritated him, it offended him, it buffeted him and he wanted to punch it and hurt it and wound it. He did everything he could to destroy it. That's what the scriptures teach us. Until we met Jesus. Until we met Jesus. When he met Jesus, Paul says, when the love and the kindness of God our Father appeared unto us, not by any work of righteousness we have done, but by His mercy. He saved us through the washing of renewing of the Holy Spirit whom He gives to us through Jesus Christ abundantly. You see, when He met Jesus, He met the love and the kindness of God our Savior. Jesus came to help us find and know the only true living God and His great love for us. Jesus was praying for his disciples on the night that he was betrayed and denied by his own disciples and forsaken by them all. He said, Father, I have revealed you to these disciples whom you have given me out of the world. And I will keep on revealing you to them so that the same mighty love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Oh, it was Jesus' great desire that the Father's love that he enjoyed would come into you. And the Apostle Paul had the turning of his life when he came to know the Father's love through Jesus Christ. And then he says in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it's the love that comes through Jesus, the love of God that compels me to no longer live for myself, but to live for Him who loved me and gave Himself for me. And that was a theme throughout His lifetime. It never left Him. It never diminished. It never became less because God is love and God is eternal. And it never became less in the Apostle Paul. No, it, it, it just took over his whole life and compelled him and made him the kind of man we see him in the scriptures. And of course, we only get a snapshot out of his life. We don't see all that he went through in the love that he was compelled by and moved by and how he inexhaustibly followed Christ until his last breath and gladly poured out his life as a drink offering before the Lord. You know, it's such an interesting thing when he says there in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, my life is already being poured out as a drink offering to God, right? He, so he's using Old Testament language. I know today we may not always connect that because we don't always know all the examples of the Old Testament. But what's so interesting, when the children of Israel were bringing an offering to the altar that was to be burned on the altar as a sweet fragrance to God, as an offering of an innocent animal that took the place of us and a life that was well-pleasing to him that then says, okay, I accept you as this life, which is of course, God accepts Jesus on our behalf, that we are loved because he 
is accepted in love. Or Ephesians 1 says, we have been made accepted in the beloved. Well, when they brought that offering, they were to drink, to pour out a drink offering before the altar. And the amount that they poured out was liters of blood, blood that they poured out before the altar. And, the, and that was an exact amount that they had to pour out. And it is the exact same amount of blood that we, is in the human body. And you see, Paul understood this. He understood that that drink offering was saying, I'm pouring out my life to you, O God, in this offering. And you may say, well, Pastor Robert, how am I to be able to do this? Through Jesus, through Jesus. And I want to read you something that, that is very close to my heart and I find it extremely empowering and it's here in John chapter 14 and I choose to read it from the Amplified because it helps clarify it quicker. It's the last two verses of John 14, phenomenal chapter, verse 30 and 31. Jesus says there on the night in which he was betrayed, I will not talk uh, with you much more for the prince, the evil genius ruler of the world is coming. And he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. But Satan is coming and I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know and be convinced that I love the Father and that I do what the Father has instructed me to do. You see, when Jesus gave his life on Calvary's cross, he offered it as an offering to God, the Bible teaches us. And what motivated him to be able to give himself like that is the Father's love. You see, many times, and I know I can't make it too long, but the Bible says husbands in Galatians 5.25, 26 and 27. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You see, Christ gave himself to God. What motivated him to give himself to God was the Father's love in absolute self-sacrifice, self-denial. And that self-sacrifice was sweet fragrance, Ephesians 5 verse 2 says. It was a sweet fragrant offered. It smelled like perfume to God. You, you can see when men don't understand the love of the Father because when they have to deny themselves or when they have to self-sacrifice, they have bad attitudes. It doesn't smell sweet. They have bad attitudes. They have negative, angry or unkind or un unclean behaviors. And that shows they don't know the love of the Father. You will always struggle to lay down your life on behalf of another if you don't know the love of God. And I know there's a lot of people that do many self-sacrificial things without knowing the love of God, but when the true root of their nature is touched, they will struggle like anybody else. And you see, the Heavenly Father sees it. He sees His love living in your heart but how you give yourself in love 
for others, especially husbands, for your wife, when you sweetly, with the sweet, fragrant, self-sacrificial love, lay down your life to serve and to bless, that shows the love of the Father. When Satan is not able to capture you in your lusts, in your selfishness, in your indulgence of life, he's not able to catch you there. Why? Because it's all surrendered. It's all submitted to God in love and his love is in control. You see, he who loves is of God, for God is love. And God's love is perfected in us as we live in communion with him so that when the day of judgment comes, we will have no fear before him, but have boldness to draw near because our heart has been perfected in love. How can your heart be perfected in love? Philippians 1 verse 9 shows us. How can it be perfected in love? When you keep on sweetly laying down your life to serve on a day-to-day basis. So let me close with John chapter 15, please, where Jesus invites you and me to come into the love of the Father with him. How can I come into the Father's love, Pastor? Through Jesus. Through Jesus, the Father's love is poured out into your heart. He says here in John 15, verse 9, as the Father loved me, Jesus says, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You see, it's so important that we demonstrate the Heavenly Father's love living in our hearts daily by how we sweetly lay down our life to serve, how we gladly, gladly give our whole being to minister His kindness and goodness to others. Selfishness will rob you from it. Self-indulgence and lusts will rob you from it. And they will never lead you to fullness and completeness in life. When you follow your lust, you will always come up empty. When you follow the love of God, you will always come up full. I want to encourage you live out of the rich resource of his love that will never run dry. Paul says, as the Holy Spirit brings the knowledge of Christ into us in Ephesians chapter three, as the Holy Spirit, starting at verse 14, as the Holy Spirit brings the knowledge of Jesus Christ into us, of his, then we will be rooted in him and come to know together with all the saints with his eye, the depth, the breadth and length of the love of Christ and become filled and flooded with God himself and will have the richest measure of his divine presence. Oh, dear friends, that love never fails. That love never fails. That love is inexhaustible. That love will never fail to be sufficient to come to you from the heart of our Savior. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 8, he says, the love I feel for you comes straight from the heart of Jesus. Oh, that love of Christ is so phenomenal because it is the love of God coming into us by which we are empowered to love as He loves. 
to lay down our lives to sweetly serve, to sweetly forgive, to sweetly bless, to sweetly endure all things, to sweetly not insist on our own rights or on our own wills and our own thoughts, to sweetly speak instead of be rude, unmanly or kind, to endure all things without failing to believe the best. Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 13, to believe the best, to not have a suspicious, assumptious heart that believes wrong. No, that you believe the best. You stay in faith for people. You believe the best. Oh, I tell you, the Father's love is amazing. Amen. Have a good day.